Welcome, everybody, to the So Weird Podcast. I'm Kathy. I'm Emily. I'm Melissa. And I'm Jimmy. And today we're going to talk about the Season 3, Episode 5, Voodoo. And this episode, I think, is one that a lot of people remember when they think of Season 3. And some would say it's probably the best episode of Season 3 or one of the better ones. What do you guys think? Um, I would definitely agree that it's the most memorable, at least from what I remember when I think of season three. This is the episode that immediately comes to mind. Uh, I remember even small details of this episode, like uh, the chanting noise that I thought happened throughout the entire episode. But <laughs> just rewatching, it seems to only happen once. That that got stuck in my head for years and years. And I had no idea where <laughs> it was from until I rewatched this. And I was like, oh, that's right. Yeah, but this one also was probably my favorite to watch um, back then. It seemed the most like a season one or season two episode. I definitely agree there. It's definitely one of the better episodes of season three, in my own opinion. Agreed. Yeah, I would think this one is my favorite of season three. It's definitely one that when I saw it as a kid, was a little creepy and made an impact in a way. But going into the episode, the intro starts with Annie talking about having a favorite doll when she's younger and how sometimes if the doll falls down, she feels hurt also, which I think is weird. (laughs) But it just transitions to uh, how voodoo dolls are perceived in media. Yeah, and this is... uh... One of those intros in season three where we actually, well, they try and teach us a little bit about voodoo, um, explaining how the dolls work in theory, though we'll get into whether it's accurate or not. Yeah. Yeah, this is the first Annie episode where the intro at least somewhat portrays the intros of the first couple of seasons in the sense that there isn't a scene or any dialogue happening before or during the intro. Yeah, and in the intro, it's basically showing how to make a voodoo doll. And I think for Disney, that's like, I mean, this episode in general, I don't think Disney would ever play this episode now. Yeah, it was yeah. definitely pretty dark. Yeah. So we see like a mysterious person building a voodoo doll, at least like sewing its eyes in. Yeah. Which, if you're watching the episode for the first time, you may not think is an actual character from the episode. You may just think, oh, they're just showing someone at random making a voodoo doll. But um, I think it was actually supposed to be Sally. the character. Yeah, yeah. Sally. Spoiler. Whoops. <laughs> 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 yeah, so the episode starts with Molly and the gang. They're back on the road, and they're in Louisiana. But not New Orleans. No. Yeah. 200 miles away and six months away from Mardi Gras, which I looked that up and in the year 2000, Mardi Gras was on March 7th. So they would have probably been in about October during this episode, I guess, if it was sticking with what they were actually saying. Which would make maybe some sense because Clue is taking a break from college. So is this episode supposed to be set during his fall break? Mm-hmm. Maybe, and they, uh, didn't Annie start school 
kind of recently. Yeah, not sure. A couple episodes back, yeah. Yeah, and um, since they're in Louisiana, uh, Molly's going to perform a benefit concert for one of Annie's friends. Yeah, Andre, he wants to go to college in New York, but he needs tuition money, so Molly's going to play a benefit concert. Yeah. It is, but it's... So they set up a scholarship fund in this town, and Andre's the first recipient, but they don't know for sure that they have the money for him to receive the scholarship. Does that seem a little strange to everyone else? Yeah. I don't know. Yeah, like apparently he's going to be the very first recipient for tuition money for medical school. So, you know, which isn't unlikely. Like, if anyone wants to go to college, they usually are trying to get scholarships or trying to get some sort of funding. Yeah, but it, I guess if he knew he was going to be the recipient of a scholarship, and but they didn't have the funds for his scholarship yet, I don't know, it just seems like that's kind of a little backwards to me. <laughs> like, shouldn't they have the funds first before announcing who receives the money? I don't know. Anyway. Oh, or they're trying... He Go receives ahead. it because he's the friend. <laughs> he has the connection. Um, right. Maybe uh, the funds are coming from uh, Molly's concert, like ticket sales and all that. Yeah, it said that uh, Molly is playing a benefit concert for a scholarship fund for Andre, the first recipient for tuition money for medical school in New York. So all the funds from her concert is the scholarship yeah yeah that's what i'm thinking oh okay yeah so they're they go visit um well annie has a friend named sally right yeah Yeah. and sally's mom owns a uh like a beauty salon so they go visit her and it's there's a lot of pretty funny scenes where molly and irene are getting the spa treatment and we get to see a little bit of Ned, so that's nice as well. That was funny. Him checking out his nails while looking at the magazine. Yeah. Did anyone else think it was funny that we hear the music from Blues at that point? Like when he's checking his nails and looking at the magazine, we hear the music from Blues. And I'm thinking, why? Because <laughs> because black people? Like that movie, or I'm sorry, that episode took place in Mississippi. So, like, just because this is, like, a Black-centered episode, like, why? Valid point. Uh, yeah, because I thought it, it sounded like it was from Blues, too. And um, kind of speaking of Blues, uh, I was wondering if they reused the auditorium from Blues, like, the, the interior of that club in this episode. Do you all know? Because it looks like the same club. It does look very similar. It also looks very similar to the episode where Annie sings uh, Push Me, Pull You and Mr. Magnetism from the school auditorium. Oh, yeah. I don't know. Could be. I remember that one being much more colorful. Yeah. Yeah. Maybe they just repainted the walls. They used the same building. <laughs> right. I, I also thought it was a little bit of foreshadowing during the very first scene where we see Clue and Carrie and Jack exit the bus and they're like playing a little bit of football, like they throw the ball to Clue and then he doesn't, he's like tripping on his feet and he doesn't quite catch the ball. 
But then they say, well, Jack says, like, you have to actually catch the ball. And I think that's foreshadowing for the end of the episode. Yeah, definitely. Uh, that was something I, I realized at the end is that that that, that actually had a point. <laughs> yeah. 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 It felt random watching it. It kind of reminded me of The Room. Have you all seen The Room? No. 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 Okay. <laughs> But there's the in the room there are all these scenes of people throwing footballs around and it's one of the worst movies of all time, and it, you know it's just so random. So watching this with Clue and Carrie throwing football, it just it felt random to me, like in the room. But then in the end, you find out oh there was a reason that it happened. <laughs> yeah, I like seeing all of them like playing sports again because that's what they would do in season one and two. But usually they're playing in some like park and here they're just throwing it in the sidewalk and there's actually an inconsistency there that i thought of uh who here is being portrayed as bad as sports he's been as on playing basketball and uh, baseball in previous seasons and he wasn't really shown to be that comically bad but uh, maybe football is just not his thing yeah, yeah. It's a good point and it's also the first time we get to see um Mrs. Uh, Grange, when the ball kind of ends up in her yard and Clue apologizes to her for getting in her yard. Yeah, and also when they're in the beauty salon, one of the clients um, ends up seeing like a huge tarantula, which is, I think, one of the scenes that sticks in everybody's mind, that big spider. Yes. Yeah. And she runs away screaming and she, go she goes to scream at uh, Olivia Grange. So basically they're all pointing at her and saying that she's the voodoo lady. And that it's black magic because she saw a tarantula. That's a hilarious scene. Especially if you're stemming like into the actual voodoo belief. Um, you know, usually I don't think the voodoo dolls could actually see anything. And you'd think if the voodoo doll is being kept in a shoebox this entire time, wouldn't that have some effect on the person being affected? So I guess the voodoo doll initially had Mrs. Legue's hair on it or something because uh, she did say she was using Mrs. Legue's hair at the end to play, yeah. you know, to test the voodoo doll with her. But I didn't really understand, you know, like how was she making the characters see certain things just by using the doll? Usually it's what happens to the doll that the person would feel and not so much see. Yeah, usually it's just like pins and needles that people put in them in the movies. But this right. one, they decided like to use the visual aspect. Mm -hmm. So the visuals are pretty cool. Like I remember the scene in this the stairs, and it looks like Molly or Annie's about to fall straight into a black hole. I I always thought that was kind of cool. <laughs> mm -hmm. Yeah, so I think it's three or four, no, three times that Sally uses the voodoo doll on them right so the time was when she was putting it in front of a fire and molly and annie are sleeping in their hotel room and then they wake up and they see fire and that scene to me is pretty funny because they're not doing anything they're just screaming fire they're not <laughs> saying anything else <laughs> they're like gonna burn up in there like they're they don't like, try to get out fire fire <laughs> yeah yeah. yeah, that's another funny moment, how Clue uh, runs in with two glasses of water to save them from the fire. <laughs> yeah, two itty-bitty glasses. 
I also didn't think that it was by accident that Molly's bedsuit has playing cards all over it. And in New Orleans, uh, a lot of times when you want your fortune told, uh, somebody who's doing divination, they're usually telling your fortune with playing cards, which could also be depicted as tarot cards. Mm-hmm. So I didn't think that was an accident. Yeah, and uh, in that scene, the idea of Molly and Annie having the same dream came up. It has happened in detention when Jockins is he's dreaming and Annie is in the dream. But no one ever references nightmare in these moments when Jock and Clue and Feel have the same dream. Right. And another thing in that scene, Molly's face when Jock suggests uh, she and Annie had a bad dream, and she's like, "So we both had the same dream." However, in Nightmare, she was the one to bring up that we, Clue and Jack, were having the same uh, dream in that episode. Yeah, and she, and she believed it was possible. Yes, I totally caught that this time around. That's just yeah, completely against canon. <laughs> yeah, that gets me so frustrated because I, I think it just shows that this. Well, I don't, I didn't look up who wrote this episode, but it just shows that these new writers didn't really watch all the episodes. The writers are Tom J. Astle and Rose Zimmerman. Oh, they're like I think they're original writers from season one and two, also. Yeah, yeah Tom J. Astle was the creator Creator. of the show so yeah there's not really an excuse for that right (laughs) and so weird usually didn't have that problem in season one and two because they cared so much about the consistency like a line like this like yeah you can blow it off but it just gets me so mad because it was molly who suggested you know the convergent dreams and now she's like whoa we how do we have the same dream and i think they they made mention of that as well in um what was it detention where you know, she says, we had the same dream. Like, they've said it probably four or five times throughout <laughs> the entire span of the show. Yeah. That, like, we, like, that exact line, we had the same dream? Yeah. It's in so many episodes. The second instance of the voodoo doll being in use is when the doll gets submerged in water. And then Molly and Fee, I mean, Molly and Annie. Oh! <laughs> I, I do that, I do that. <laughs> oh my gosh, everyone, we should start a drinking game. I did. I think I did that for my the last episode. <laughs> no, really. Every time someone calls Annie Fee, everyone. Anyway, yeah, <laughs> Molly and Annie suddenly, you know, they feel like they're getting dro- they're drowning, and that's like I think that's already taking it to the extreme. She's basically trying to kill them. She definitely is trying <laughs> to kill someone. Yeah. Yeah, that is something else that stands out in my mind. The scene of them drowning practically in the water that that really freaked me out and i thought it was cool like that all four elements like you know basically sally uses the voodoo doll four times in the episode and um the first time she uses it it's the tarantula which i thought could be signified as earth and then the second time is fire and then the third time is water and then when you know she's like making them scared of falling and then she pushes it out the window, that could be signified as air. So I thought earth, fire, water, air. Wow. Yeah, that's cool. Yeah, that's a, you really think these things through. I like it. <laughs> I'm a witch. <laughs> yeah, so I am a practitioner. I grew up in a mixed race family. I'm racially ambiguous, so I'm white, Irish, 
Polish, German, and Native American, and also African American. So I grew up in a family where voodoo was something whispered about. And one of my great grandmothers was actually a practitioner. And I spent a few nights at her house and she would read our fortunes with playing cards and talk to us about living in Mississippi and Louisiana. And so I definitely have a background and I am to this day a voodoo practitioner in the Yoruban tradition. So I'm constantly like learning and trying to find out more about my roots and also about this tradition. And of course, as you guys were mentioning that there were several people who had reviewed the show, um, like Cameron White and also the other person that was mentioned. Yeah, they made up some really good points that Hollywood is always downplaying the actual spiritual belief behind this tradition. It's not just black magic, you know, it's a whole belief system. It's a way of life. Um, you know, there are deities that are worshipped called Loas or Orishas, and it's not so much like just voodoo dolls. And usually if you ever try to read up on the topic, like if you find a book that's about voodoo, usually the intro of that book is going to say it's not voodoo dolls, <laughs> you know? Yeah. Huh. Interesting. See, I had no idea about that. And I've seen voodoo portrayed so much in pop culture, but I had no idea that voodoo was actually a religious practice until I read Cameron White's review of the episode. Yeah, it's a whole belief system like Hinduism or, or any Buddhism, you know, anything Christianity. It's, there's a whole entire, you know, it's a, it comes from ancient civilizations, ancient tribes. So there's a whole, it's, it's a, a way of life. It's not just black magic, you know. And that's so much more interesting to me than like the stereotypical portrayal we see so much of voodoo. Yeah. But no one's actually, it, it's yeah. never seen in movies or television shows as a religious practice. Mm -hmm. Yep. You got to like do your homework um, as far as it's concerned because all we get to hear is the the black magic side of it, which that also is stereotypical and it happens a lot to even the Wiccan religions or, or any witchcraft or occult based type belief system. All you hear about is the magic of it. You don't hear that it's actually a way of life, you know, and that there are deities that are worshipped and it's a whole livelihood, not just magic. Yeah. And in the episode, they do start off, Annie starts off saying that voodoo is black magic but there's like two or three times where they were trying to say oh it can be used for good or for bad like good magic or bad magic yeah like I so could they, do... they tried but it was still mainly depicted as bad black magic yeah you you never hear about them using it for good anyone not, in the episode not in this episode yeah and like you guys were saying the the other time that the doll was used was when uh, Sally was sliding it on the staircase. Was it the railing or something? Mm-hmm. Yeah. In that one, I think, yeah, I also think that one's, like, really cool effect where feet... Uh, feet! <laughs> <Everybody> <laughs> I do it drink. a lot! <laughs> drink! Where Annie is falling slash sliding off the stairs into the black vortex. I think that's awesome visual. And Molly is, she's doing her um, rehearsal and she's almost falling off the stage into like a forest. Mm -hmm. 
uh, when watching that scene is uh, Annie's eyes going uh, red at the same time as the dolls. But uh, Molly's eyes did not do that. So I'm wondering if it was the panther maybe possessing the doll that tried to help Annie or what. But that doesn't make sense because whenever the panther's eyes um, glow, it's always a yellowish orangish color, not red. Right. I definitely think it had to do with the, the voodoo magic. And the panther's really like MIA in this episode. He's like, whatever <laughs> happens to you, it's not right? my problem. <laughs> yeah. And I thought it was funny, well, like sad that Andre, you know, they end up going and um, when Annie is starting to fall, they're right on Mrs. Grange's staircase or like in her front steps, her porch. And Andre says, why are you doing this? And then she kind of looks over at Andre and Sally's house. And then he realizes, oh, it's my sister, which him living with her, he probably knew she'd had going on, you know, like with Mrs. Grange. But he runs over there. He confronts Sally and says, why are you doing this to Annie? And she's like, Annie, I meant it for Molly. I just wanted her to be scared and leave. But then even after she knows that it's possessing Annie, she still tries to murder both Annie and Molly. <laughs> I know. I, I don't know. Like, what the heck? <laughs> she's like, oh, well. Actually, that's uh, one problem I have with this episode. Annie and Molly's hair don't look alike. Why couldn't she just pick the brown hair if she was going and, for Molly? And why wouldn't they sweep up the salon? Like, oh, yeah. The, the salon is closed. And if you actually look at that scene, you could see Mrs. Legue's hair is still on the ground. Molly's hair is on the ground. And so is Annie's, which I'm guessing Irene did not get a clip or a haircut. Um, yeah, why didn't they sweep up the hair? I, I didn't get that. <laughs> That's funny. <laughs> I don't know, but it seems like a sanitary issue right there. Yeah. Right? But you're totally right, and I wrote that in my notes, that, you know, Molly has a darker brown, dirty blonde, whereas Annie has a very light kind of bleach blonde hair. Yeah. Although her hair is not bleach, that is her natural hair color. <laughs> yeah. And well, Molly's hair does have some highlights in it, but still, I mean, just to be safe, like she knew Annie was there too. So I don't know. It was just, it doesn't make sense. She should have just picked the brown hairs. Right. The treachery of it all. <laughs> she did not care. She was like, he's like, but why are you doing this to Annie? She's like, Annie? Oh, well. And then she like pushes <laughs> it like, fuck her too. I don't give a damn. I don't want you to leave. So. Yeah. yeah, and then by the end, she's like, I guess you guys hate me now. And she's like, oh, no, you only tried to kill us, like, three times. Like, <laughs> no, we love you and, like, follow your dreams. <laughs> yeah. Uh, like, I have a lot to say about the ending. But before we get there, there's, like, a few things I wanted to talk about. Like, how you said that it was Sally all along because throughout the episode – you, we just see like the hands of someone doing it. You don't really know who it is. And as a kid, I, I didn't know who it was. I didn't catch who was, it was going to be. And it ends up being her. And I was shocked. <laughs> and it's all because uh, she was trying to scare Molly. That way there won't be any money for her brother to go to New York and essentially leave her, as she says, alone. Because her dad had died as well, which is why they moved from Jamaica to Louisiana. So all that 
so her brother can stay. <laughs> right. And there's that funny scene, yeah, where she pushes the doll and then Clue goes running to catch it. And <laughs> I think that's such a funny scene. Mm-hmm. And then he says later that he did like triple somersaults <laughs> in the air, even though he did no somersaults. <laughs> yeah, but yeah, that ending, that ending, why would they do it like that? Like it just goes to show how much they wanted to change this up this season to have such light-hearted endings. Yeah, Annie's monologue there actually sounds more like a PSA of sorts. Yeah. <laughs> it sounds like something Mary Poppins would say or something. I don't know. It just, it's ridiculous. And it almost feels like they tacked on the ending. Like, I, I wonder if this episode had to be modified in any way. Because it just doesn't fly with what happened like there's no way anyone would be like ah oh, it's fine you you tried to kill me but whatever <laughs> right i still love you give me a hug <laughs> she's like oh you must hate me <laughs> i would be like where the hell is that voodoo doll and i'm taking it with me i'm not leaving it here with you like you know <laughs> Like, the girl still had the voodoo doll with the hair on it, so, like, I'd be making sure <laughs> that it was, like, my hair was off of it or that I did a, a reversal spell on it or something to make sure that she could no longer use magic on me when I'm off in Utah or, you know, like, somewhere else somewhere else in the States. Yeah, that was pretty wild how she's just like, okay, I'm sorry I tried to kill you. Like, you know, forgive me. You must hate me now. And she's like, oh, man, I can't take any more voodoo lessons with Mrs. Grange because I'm not using it for good. (laughs) Right. Darn. (laughs) Until I'm ready to use it for good. And it's like, oh, like, first of all, she should have been teaching you that from the beginning. (laughs) But also, I thought it was funny that, like, the scene right before the first commercial after Mrs. Legue is like, voodoo magic, black magic, that's what this is. Like, why was the tarantula on Mrs. Grange's porch? Like, was Sally in her house, like, using the tarantula? I don't know. Like, I was like, why is the tarantula right there on her porch if Sally had just used it for a spell on Mrs. Legue? Yeah. Yeah. Actually, something I was thinking, it's very ironic that Sally was warning her about the voodoo lady putting a curse on her but she ends up doing it herself i don't really like how that plays out well according to her she didn't know it was annie but you're right that was pretty ironic that she's like oh that's the voodoo lady she comes from the islands and she's very powerful you don't want to piss her off because she could put a, a dark spell on you and then when carrie approaches her she's like yep it's Mrs. Grange. You guys <laughs> might want to leave town right now because that lady's after y'all. Like, you know? Actually, why is Carrie talking about Molly's bad dream to Sally? I don't know. Yeah, that's what I thought too. He's just telling everyone, like, all the weird stuff that's going on. I did think it was weird that, like, Andre and Sally were there, but again, the concert is for Andre. And then at the end, when he's in Sally's room, she says, like, her direct line is, so that you wouldn't do the concert and so that you wouldn't leave me. So I don't know, like, was he going to play an instrument or was he going to have a part in the concert? Like, I don't know. Like, why they would be there at the venue that whole time. Who knows? 
Uh. All in all, it was a pretty good episode just for like the scare factor. It was pretty creepy, like seeing all the different spells and seeing how it affected Annie and Molly. I liked it. Like all in all, I did like it when I was a kid. I thought it was very interesting and creepy. Yeah. What do you all think of this song? I love oh, this second. song. And I wanted to clear up a bit of a rumor in this so weird fandom. You know, there is a version of Voodoo that we all consider a demo. And I tend to have a memory of there being like a download link on the So Weird Zoog website. Or maybe it wasn't the Zoog website when Annie took over, but I remember there being like a link for you to download the demo and it like said it was Alex Johnson's version of the song. And I know a lot of people think that that demo is Alex Johnson. And when I met her in San Francisco in 2012, I specifically asked Alex Johnson, you know, there's a song, a demo of Voodoo. And she goes, oh, what you do, what you do with your Voodoo, that song. And I said, yeah, that song. And I said, did you ever record a version? Because there's a version online that fans think is you singing. And Alex Johnson told me specifically, and I don't think she was lying. She said, no, that is not her. She did not record a version. So that demo is actually a demo singer and not Alex Johnson. Just to clear that up. Huh. Because if you look on YouTube, you could find it and it is under Alex's name. And there are many people who refuse to believe me and they do believe it's Alex's version, but she told me herself it's not her, so. Yeah. I believe you, Jimmy. <laughs> I hope. Thank you. <laughs> And also, I thought it was worth mentioning, you know, Alex Johnson's first record was called Wait, and it was actually shelved. And then her uh, her official first record is called Melissa. Voodoo. Yeah. So I always kind of like think of this episode in reference to Alex Johnson's actual career because she does have a a title song called Voodoo and, and the album was called Voodoo. So I, that's awesome to me. It's actually one of my favorite albums. Mine too, definitely. That's really cool. But yeah, as of uh, Molly's song Voodoo, I like it, but it doesn't feel like a Molly song. There's no verses. Reasons. There's like no <laughs> verses at all. It's like the same thing over and over. What you do, what you yeah. do, like, you know? <laughs> I, I think I would have liked it. I do like that part that we hear. I don't know why they didn't think about writing any more of that song. <laughs> Terry uh, Frewer, Terry Frewer, I want to knock you in your chin. <laughs> I do love that Alex uh, remembers the song, though. Is she saying that part to you? She did. Yeah, she absolutely did. I That's love awesome. that. Yeah. Well, it's a catchy song. It gets stuck in your head, but it is probably because it just repeats itself over and over again. So it kind of like, I don't know, like the instruments and stuff It in the, I don't know, it kind of sounds like a, it could be a Molly Phillips song, but because there are no real lyrics, like not a lot of lyrics, at least it, it ultimately doesn't feel like a Molly Phillips song to me. <laughs> yeah. And it's so ironic, like how... You know, especially with the third season, like with the first and the second seasons, the songs, it was the subject matter that would tie into the episodes. 
-hmm. And now with the third season, it's like the song is exactly what's going on in the episode. Like, why would she be singing or even wrote a song about voodoo? And then suddenly she's being attacked by a voodoo spell. You know, like, it's very ironic. And thanks season three writers for that. Why is she playing a song called Voodoo in Louisiana? While a voodoo <laughs> spell is being put upon her. Yeah, I feel like this should be in New Orleans because New Orleans is known for that kind of stuff. Definitely. Yeah. Oh, and also, like a coincidence, I guess, the, the mom of Sally is named Nola. Yeah. And Nola, that's usually used to um, describe New Orleans, Louisiana. Yes, yeah. I caught that too. Uh, cringe, cringeworthy. <laughs> the first time I caught that. Yeah. Oh, speaking of, actually, the premise of Voodoo uh, was actually mentioned in the original season three uh, document. So they were considering having a Voodoo episode in New Orleans. Um, wow. Yeah. And it didn't say who the writer was involved with that. So I don't know if it was... Bruce Zimmerman, was he on board before season three? Do you all know? I am not sure. Oh, we'll look it up. But yes, okay. he was. Um, he did blues. Ooh. Oh well, that says a lot. Yeah, he did yeah. trans transplant, talking board, the muse. He he did a lot. His first episode was actually a sacrifice. Mm. Interesting. It's been on since the beginning. Okay, yeah. so it could have been his idea, but it doesn't. It doesn't, um, sometimes th that document gives credit to the writer who came up with the idea, but it doesn't give credit for whoever came up with bringing a voodoo episode into the mix for season three. So I don't know if this was actually the way they had imagined the episode originally, but they were considering it. Exactly. It's good to know because very few subjects actually made it into this season three from the original season three. Yeah. And, uh, I wanted to talk a little bit more about voodoo, like the religion. I guess adding on to what Jimmy said. Yeah, it is a religion. And not how Annie said that it's just, you know, black magic. Yeah, it's not a form of witchcraft. But usually in media, um, gets demonized that way. And it's just honest to goodness religion spawning from West Africa and Haiti and being uh, dispersed in the African diaspora through slave trade. And the effects were most immediately felt in Louisiana, where the religion had thrived in part because of the overwhelming number of African slaves in comparison to the tiny number of white slave owners. And this is from Cameron White's uh, review. Awesome. And also, you know, the characters that we're learning about in this episode are actually not even from New Orleans. They're from Jamaica, which, again, from the slave trade and the slaves that were in Jamaica voodoo did um, migrate there and it was actually called obeya in jamaica so that would be the form of voodoo in jamaica i thought it was funny also the characters in this episode the only person who actually has a semi accent is like nola mm -hmm. the older people always have more accents so usually as you get younger if you're living somewhere else it kind of fades away Mm -hmm. And maybe they weren't native to Jamaica because Nola just says, you know, she was the girl living next door to us when we were in Jamaica. So maybe they weren't like native to Jamaica. Yeah. 
Well, they, yeah, maybe they had moved to uh, Louisiana because Sally's dad died, which is another death in the so weird um, universe. <laughs> another and parent parent death. Annie didn't really seem sad about that at all. Like I would have thought Annie would have been a little like because the only part we hear Annie talk about it is when she's like, "Oh, I didn't think about that." But, like, she didn't really have any, like, remorse for them or, like, say, I'm sorry for your loss. Or maybe, you know, of course, they're not going to fit that into the episode. But I would have thought Annie probably would have known the father and could have shown a little bit more sadness or remorse to the family for their loss. Yeah. So did you guys look up the um, the actors? Uh, I actually did. Person playing Andre is Dexter Bell. He's been in Supergirl, The X Files. That's actually the first thing he's ever been in. Carrie mm-hmm. movie. He's been in a lot of things. Yeah, like Smallville, Arrow. He was in Psych the movie as a lead character. Those are yeah, those are like uh, Vancouver shows. So probably Aren't lives they there. All? Yeah. yeah. Yeah, and then the uh, woman who plays the voodoo lady, her name is Judith Maxey, and she actually plays a character in the first Descendants movie, which is a Disney movie, and I believe, I've never seen those ones, but I hear they're about the children of Disney villains, which I thought was kind of funny, because she's portrayed as a villain in this episode, Mm -hmm. and it just has that look to her. I can totally imagine her being a villain. Mm-hmm. I also thought it was cool she plays in the Catwoman movie. I, I love Halle Berry's Catwoman movie, even though it has a lot of haters, but she plays in <laughs> that as well. Cool. And I noticed in the beginning, um, the intro credits, it's, it mentioned the the actress that plays Sally as like a special guest. Mm-hmm. And her name is uh, Sarita Monet Bickleman. Mm-hmm. Yeah, she was only in, like, ten things, and So Weird was, like, the end of her career, so. I think the reason why is because she did a feature film called Why Do Fools Fall in Love, and that's a really big film, and maybe that's Mm. why, because she was in a feature film. Maybe. Maybe. It's interesting how So Weird was her last thing. And, um... Nola is played by Leslie Ewan, who has been in Doctor Who and X-Files, and she was in the movie starring Roseanne, which was Look Who's Talking To, and she also played in the movie The Crush, which I love that movie, is a really scary movie, and um, she plays in Arrow and other Canadian-based films, and Mrs. Legue is Celeste Incel, who was in the X-Files movie, I Want to Believe. Cool. Um, uh, yeah, I don't. I don't think I have anything else to say about this episode. What about you guys? Oh, well, I have a couple comments. So first, like little things. So first, I have to give a shout out to the uh, Molly Carey shippers on behalf of Cat because <laughs> she wanted to point out. She wanted to make sure we pointed out that uh, Carrie saves Molly <laughs> or grabs uh-huh. hold of her whenever um, she's standing at the end of the stage. And that's a nice moment. Yeah. <laughs> oh, yeah. Did you say that it's a very defining moment in this, their ship? Yeah. yeah, yeah. She said, um, K- 
Carrie catching Molly is described as the defining moment where Molly and Carrie truly fall in love, according to Conrad's Heido. <laughs> That's hilarious. Yeah, well, I don't know about that, but <laughs> I can see where the shippers are coming from. <laughs> yeah. One other comment is that we see Chuck in playing voodoo and he's having a total blast. So yeah. Oh, yeah. <laughs> It's good to see him back on stage having fun. Um, yeah. And the last thing I want to say, just something I remembered, is that when Sally is um, knocking over the voodoo doll, uh, like leading up to that, it always confused me because she seems kind of in a trance. So watching the episode, I thought maybe she wasn't really in total control of what she was doing, but now it, it would not make sense for her to not be. I don't right. know why the actress chose to act that way, but that's the way it came off to me. Okay, maybe somebody is doing voodoo on her to do voodoo on other people. <laughs> yeah, totally. <laughs> Olivia Grange, this is your work. Black magic, that's what it is. <laughs> she's just causing all the drama. That's what oh, she's there for. Yeah, something I want to point out is that everybody's hating on her and i guess it's nice to see how like you know you shouldn't judge people <laughs> yeah she, or how creepy they are okay yeah. maybe not well she had like no lines she didn't do anything but look to the right you know like she, <laughs> <laughs> she was really innocent other than being the teacher you know but she's just teaching the girl about, you know, what's what and the who's who of voodoo. And then it was the girl's fault that, and then also she stopped the voodoo lessons because of what the girl did. So actually she's not really a villain. She's kind of the hero. Yeah, <laughs> kind of. But she seemed to be already aware that uh, Sally was doing this whenever her brother came up to them. Hit, True. You know, yeah, so it's not like she was trying to stop it. She's just neutral. Yeah. She's like, I'm just teaching. I didn't teach her that, though. Huh. I just want to sit on my porch. Leave me alone. Right. Yeah. Right. <laughs> this ain't my business. Yeah, that was funny because you're right. She did have to have known something because she looks over at their house like, it's your sister. You know, like, <laughs> I don't know. I'm doing my um, Eartha Kitt voice. But, yeah, you know, it, she knew something. She knew it had to have been Sally, clearly. Yeah. That's all I had to say. I don't really have much to add. I guess we got it all out during this. Um, I did notice that um, Molly had some backup singers this episode. I thought that was pretty cool. Yeah, I think they used the same band members that we've seen before. Like in um, the Encore episode, we see the, the drummer and the piano keyboard person. And I think she was also in memory when they were all like burning up in that hotel room, remember? And Molly's yeah. like, come on, guys. Okay, rating time. So, yeah, I really liked this episode when I was younger. I didn't really catch, you know, how they kind of portrayed Voodoo in the bad light that Hollywood does. And actually, this episode kind of not opened me <laughs> to Voodoo, but it like, I learned about it, the voodoo doll stuff from this episode. And I was like, oh, that's really interesting. And I, I ended up not having one, but my friend had one. And then he's like, oh, yeah, let's use it and all that. And I did. And 
it's funny stories. <laughs> um, so do tell, do tell. I will tell off mic. <laughs> okay. So yeah, I did like it when I was younger. I still like it today because I still think it's pretty creepy. Um, it just has its flaws, but I would give it a probably a six out of ten. Yeah. Wow. Um, okay, so this one is the episode. I would pick this as the best episode in season three at this point. Uh, I can't really remember how I felt about the later episodes that I only watched once. <laughs> so I, I do remember really liking this episode. It, it was scary, um, even scarier than a lot of the quote-unquote scary season one and season two episodes for me. Um, so it, it has to get a thumbs up in it for that. and But it does get a thumbs down for the like cheesy ending that makes no sense uh, with Sally and Annie and the fact that it contributes to the negative stereotyping of voodoo culture. So that's my rating. Uh, well, I think I'd give it about an eight out of 10 because I do really like it. It's one of the, one of the best episodes of the third season. And the only downfalls for me is the cheesy ending. And the fact that Sally apparently doesn't know any of her from Molly's. (laughs) I really love who's comedy in this episode. And I love Ned and Irene's presence. It doesn't really have a lot wrong with it, in my opinion. Agreed. And I would probably give it probably the same, like an 8 out of 10. It, it was one of my more favorite episodes as a preteen. I definitely found it very enthralling. I've always been really interested in magic and the occult and voodoo. And so I definitely appreciated it for trying Um, Although I definitely could see how the stereotypes sunk in. Um, But I definitely appreciated it. And I do feel that it's more or one of the better episodes of this season. So I love it. It's one of my favorite episodes, definitely. Probably my favorite. Yeah, I forgot to say, like Melissa said, Clue has a lot of funny moments. And I really like those moments with Jack, Carrie, and Clue. Especially when it's Carrie and Clue. We don't see like a lot of interaction between them. Yeah, yeah. I, I didn't. I wasn't on the last episode, but I do feel like Clue in this episode was more like season one and two Clue than last episode. Yeah. Like, how cute was his juggling scene at the end? That was oh, so yeah. cute. He's adorable. <laughs> I like the freeze frame. Yeah. <laughs> Honestly, I juggle about the same, so I can't really judge his bad juggling. <laughs> <laughs> I like how his brother says, start with one, because if you are learning to juggle, they do tell you, start with one. <laughs> and then Clue's uh, philosophical moment, uh, where he's like, what sound does one orange make or whatever? And, and Gary's like, I think in your case, it's flat. That was cute. I wanted to make a correction from the last podcast episode. We had been discussing Carrie, or I guess I should say Eric Lively, and we had mentioned, or I had mentioned, that he was in one of Pink's music videos, Pink the singer. Um, 
she i said that he was in the don't let me get me music video but i realized i was wrong and he's actually in the please don't leave me episode or music video oh please don't leave me that one yeah that music video he plays her love interest in that music video and we also realized because i was like kind of pounding on zach for not knowing that Blake Lively was Eric Lively's sister. And then I think it was later that night or maybe a day or two later, I ended up watching the old 1983 film Teen Witch. And I realized that Robin Lively is the lead character of that. She's the lead witch in that movie. And that is Eric and Blake's sister as well. That's their oldest sister, Robin Lively. Just wanted to clear that up for our listeners. <laughs> Yeah, I think we have a comment uh, talking about the music video, too. So let's go to comments and feedback. Okay, on Twitter, we got a comment from Kelly, at Kelly Capiello. And she said, OMG, thank you for finally getting confirmation that the whole Clue It thing was complete bullshit. <laughs> so unnecessary to suddenly make Clue short for anything. I always assumed his character's name was a nod to actor Clue Gulliger. Oh. Maybe. We need to ask. Okay. And then going to YouTube. This is from Allison. And she commented on the Talking Board episode. She said, Despite the bright colors and the lighter atmosphere, this episode still managed to be creepy. When I was a teen, I'm embarrassed to say that I was blown away by the Chad reveal. I was sure that was going to be the name of a ghost. And the bleachers collapsing, it looks a little silly now, but when I was younger, that scared me. I wish all of season three kept this tone. Listening to these podcasts makes me want to go rewrite that god-awful fee slash Annie fic I wrote as a teen. I think I wrote Annie as the lead singer of a high school age band, and then she joins Molly's band for reasons. It was total wish fulfillment. Cute. Yeah. I think the the uh, Chad reveal stumped me too. <laughs> no shame in that. And I was definitely sad to find out that Clue's name is not actually Clue. It. I I guess like in my brain, I always just thought that was his real name. And even in that podcast episode, I was like, yeah, that's totally <laughs> his name. But then John Cooksey like cleared that up for us, so I was a little sad. But definitely good to know that that's not his name from the original two seasons <laughs> yeah i thought it was short also like i thought we had another episode in the early seasons where we heard the full name but i guess not no I, for some reason in my head i thought his name was like clueward or something clueward. <laughs> <laughs> like clifford okay. i guess yeah <laughs> no clue clue is perfect yeah and this is from Corey skelton and this is for our Fathom episode. They said, I can't believe you all hate this ep so much. <laughs> sure, Lau is a creep, but even as a kid, I always loved this episode. I always had an interest in the adult characters, and I like that this was a Molly-centric episode. I also like the mysterious vibe. All we gather from this episode is that Lau is a creepy, lonely merman who wants a mate, but I found that intriguing. I also loved Jack being the drive behind the investigation and how protective he was of Molly. 
Also, even as a kid, I picked up on the sexual undertones. Maybe I'm just a weirdo, but I'll always love these forays into adult territory on this show. Agreed. Okay. I did like Lau's like episode. I, I didn't think it was as like, you know, disgusting as maybe a lot of other fans did. I didn't think he was so much of a creep. Like I, I really felt for him. Like I liked him in that episode. Mm. There you go for all our listeners that like him. <laughs> you have yes. Jimmy on your side. Yeah. And you have the rest of us not on your side. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, I really don't like Wow at all. He's a creep. <laughs> yeah. Uh, no comment, but there you go. <laughs> We've done all our hating on the Fathom episode. Yeah. And he also commented on the Boo episode. He said, if you can ignore Henry Winkler's overacting, I like this episode more than not. It's my favorite Silly Fee episode, mostly because of the Halloween theme and the um, Celtic Irish mythology, which was always intended to be a huge part of the show with Molly's lineage. If So Weird is ever remade, though, I definitely want this reimagined as a dark horror episode. There is a lot of wasted potential here. Still, I give it a 6.5 out of 10 and 7.3 if I'm slightly tipsy. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I, I don't really care for Boo, but uh, I don't know. I'm not I, big on Halloween episodes, so I think that's I loved Boo. Boo was awesome. I loved it because there was a guy in it who I actually got to talk to online years and years ago. But his name is C. Ernst Hart, and he's the zombie that I think it was Jack, like, pulls his arm off in that <laughs> episode. But he actually plays in 13 Ghosts and, and many <laughs> other things. But he's the great child off of the Black Zodiac in 13 Ghosts. And I just love him in that film. He's awesome. There you go, Boo fans. You have another <laughs> person on your side, Jimmy. <laughs> My bad. My he's, bad. He's there for you guys. Well, I love you. the rest of us aren't. <laughs> <laughs> At least you got that one person, right? Right. Oh, and he also he also played the makeup version of Troll. He was the troll in the makeup. Oh. oh. Yeah, see Ernst Hart, the yeah. same actor. That's cool. Okay, and for Eddie's desk, we had two comments. One from Wisdom. They said... I didn't really like this episode. It was just too boring for me. I prefer Pen Pal. Yep. Um, for our English speakers, I did create a better version of that episode using the Portuguese episode. So you could go on our forum and download a better version of Pen Pal. I mean, Pen Pal is better than Eddie's desk. So uh, there's that. Were you okay. all comparing the two episodes last, last um, week? Or? I don't think so. Yeah, I think... I don't know, maybe because it has to do with, like, the same person as another being. Uh, like doppelgangers. Mm. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. That, yeah. Was, that was brought up. Okay. I think that, yeah, the version of doppelgangers, are they really doppelgangers in Pin Pals? Kind of? No. So, like, it's like alternate. Tangent, it's like one of those tangent yeah. universes. Oh, yeah. okay. Gotcha. Anyway, moving on. All right. And this is from... Asian Seti, they said, on that note about confusing plot, one thing that bothered me on my rewatch about the beginning was that what the heck did the teacher have her do when she ran back to class? 
Like, did she have to stand the remainder of the period? One other thing that bothered me was the heart-to-heart -heart between Molly and Annie. It felt forced, especially the dialogue. Like, the lines didn't seem to connect. And it felt like they just needed to stick Molly in the, ep in the episode, but it was in an awkward spot. I don't know. But I did love how Jack more or less called out Annie's inconsistent characterization to fit in or not to fit in. And loved seeing Clue carry much of this ep. The music in the final scenes were nice and felt like the most in-character thing about this episode. I don't know if the writers were more excited about getting to the tour eps and didn't do more for this and previous two. And to answer the Eric Lively music video cameo, it was Mandy Moore's Walk Me Home. I swear Disney replayed it a bunch while season three was on the air and that's how it got burned into my brain ever since. Mm -hmm. The first music video he was in. But answering the question about uh, whether or not Annie had a desk, I think there was a line where Bud says, I already got your desk to your class. I got a note from your teacher. So whether or not she had one that first day, I, I don't know. But I, I think that Bud did deliver her desk. So did Annie just like uh, ditch the rest of the class or something? No, like, clearly not. Well, she did go running through the hallway, but hopefully that was back to class. <laughs> <laughs> okay, and then moving on to Facebook. This is for Eddie's desk also from Andrea. She said, I remember watching this episode as a kid and feeling bad for the janitor because I know a little something of what it is like to be the odd one out. Even today, I still tear up at the end when Eddie is finally recognized for his years of service to the school. I also remember being creeped out by that disgusting goo that oozed out of the girl's locker. It is not my favorite episode either, but I did enjoy this one in my youth. The same goes for the upcoming episode you will discuss, Voodoo. Back in the day, I was so fascinated by the ideas of witchcraft and voodoo, which is why I enjoyed that one too. The creepy chanting is still adhered to my memory. However, mm -hmm. Now that I am a little older, I do have a few critiques about the episode. First, I am not fond of the dialogue at the end when Sally is apologizing to Annie for the voodoo because I don't think it's well written. You can't just say, I'm sorry I nearly drowned and burned you. You must hate me now. And then expects to so easily hear, no, we don't hate you. And since when is voodoo ever used for good, I thought that was unnecessary writing. Oh, and for Molly Carey shippers out there, do any of you find it funny that Molly met the same fate as the doll in the end? It was caught by a Bell brother, and so was Molly. I'll bet some shippers think that, of course, she had to be the one caught by Carey, leaving Clue as the only choice for being the one to catch the doll if they were to meet the same fate. After all, the doll was intended for Molly. Mm, good catch. That's kind of unique. Yeah, great comment, and... When you listen to this episode, you'll hear more about like voodoo and how Hollywood really stereotypes it. Definitely. So thanks for all the comments and feedback, everyone. Yeah, thank you all so much. I'm so happy we have so many people listening. Yeah, thank you. And I'm really happy for the fans that are continuing also and that didn't leave us back in season one and two. Yeah, me too. So tune in next episode. All right. Yep. Anything else going on? Oh, it was my birthday, and I just wanted to comment on Kathy <laughs> posting. <laughs> was it you, Kathy? Yeah. Yes. She posted 
<laughs> tweet on the account wishing me happy birthday, but it had the gift from Rebecca of Molly holding the birthday cake. <laughs> happy birthday, Molly. Happy birthday. Yeah, which is just, it's sad and happy, but mostly sad. So. Yeah, and that was a sad gift. <laughs> I noticed that. I was like, oh, it's the Rebecca gift where she walks in and Rebecca's gone. <laughs> but it didn't show that she was gone. She was just like, hey, let's go inside. <laughs> <laughs> It was still super sweet. But yes, and I appreciate it because Rebecca's my favorite episode. So thank you, Kathy. And thank you, everyone who said happy birthday to me. I really appreciate it. Um, I will make some happier So Weird related birthday gifts. Okay. <laughs> That's the only one that popped in my mind. I was like, is there a scene where we have a cake? And I remembered a clue. But yes. That was I'll a graduation. I don't think there's a gif of that. And then I remembered Rebecca. <laughs> yeah, I'll make some from that. And then... Uh, Fee blowing out the candles and fountain. Yeah, I was gonna say in fountain, didn't we see one of Fee's birthdays or something when she was little? Yeah. That's a cute one. Okay, <laughs> sorry, just <laughs> I had to bring that up because that was too funny. It was cute. All right, we good to end this. All right, you've been listening to the So Weird podcast. I'm Kathy. I'm Emily. I'm Melissa. And I'm Jimmy. And we'll talk to you next episode. do